Welcome to Source Not Found, a show about the worst versions of your favorite things. Each episode, we explore an IP, franchise, or fandom solely through its sequels, spin-offs, side projects. Basically anything but the source. Hence the title, Source Not Found. I'm Brandon June, aka Fujin the Wind God, because uh, I'm a bit of a stinker. And I'm Bo Woodall, and I am that sound that Sub-Zero makes when he is crushed by a pillar from the ceiling. I'm familiar with that sound. I am way too fucking familiar with that sound. I am four hours worth of gameplay familiar with that sound. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, today we're covering Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, a Mortal Kombat video game by the Midway Manufacturing Company. Um, no Tobias on this one, just Boone, I think. Uh, actually, just Tobias. Just Tobias, no Boone. All Sorry. John Tobias. Oops, all Tobias. And uh, Oops, all Tobias. That might... I don't know. It has me uh, reconsidering the merits of their contributions to the franchise. I, I really think under the circumstances, it's it's got to be both of them. They have to work together. Otherwise, they don't work at all. Yeah, I was looking and I guess uh, John Tobias did like a lot of the character design and sort of a uh, high level concept of the series. So I don't want to sell him short, but God damn, this game is a turd. We'll get to it. <laughs> This is the biggest pile of technological crap ever. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to talk about this game because we've been talking about Mortal Kombat for the rest of the month, and we thought, hey, you know what? Let's play a video game because that's what Mortal Kombat does best. So today, we're covering five facets of video games. We're covering narrative structure, gameplay, visuals, sound, and fun factor. Spoiler alert, this game is not fun. No, no, it is not. Uh, do we want to do we want to go ahead and jump into some narrative structure where we where we cover basically the story and how it kind of exists in its own canon, I think, is the best way to put that? Yeah. So we have a prequel here, um, and I think the best way to set it up is to just start where we were expected to start back in uh, 1997. And that's with the manual. You're sitting in the backseat of your parents car. You're on the way home from the mall. You're just ripping off the, the cellophane. You, you're popping open that jewel case. You're sliding out this instruction manual, reading it from front to back, as you do. Can you make it, can you make it sound a little less sexy? Sliding out that manual, popping open that jewel case? Mm. Uh, deploy your phalanges to maneuver <laughs> a papery God. codex out no. of a... Okay, okay. No, not, not that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Get to the story, for the love of God. So, I mean, normally the, ma the manual would keep you occupied. I had, a, I had a long, lengthy car ride back from town, as we called it. Uh, you, get, you get to go town maybe once a week if you're lucky. Go to the mall. It's, it's, a, it's a drive when you live out in the middle of nowhere. And most games would have kept me occupied on the, the lengthy car ride home. This probably wouldn't have. It's pretty quick and to the point. Not a whole lot of... Sure, yeah. Not a whole lot of content in this one, except when it comes to the story. There is a three-page... Uh, setup for this game jesus okay do we think there's a spark notes <sighs> to, honestly to me the story sounds like when like a six or seven year old kind of like corners you and tries to explain like something you have no conception of like hey can, can i tell you about how my beyblade transformers evolved into a roblox Yu-Gi-Oh? and just like uh yeah okay <laughs> like like when one of your friends explains a dream they had while they were on like i don't know ayahuasca i mean the only way i can should we just like read through the story? There's only one way to read through this story. And I think it is in that sort of breathless little kid delivery. It's the only way that makes sense to me. I don't know. Let's, okay, okay. Yeah. Let's play a game. Let's give it a try. I'm going to read this as a seven-year-old would. 
And I want you, when you just can't take it anymore, you just say, finish me. <laughs> sure. And All I'll right. Stop. Yeah, that makes perfect okay. sense. Sure. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to roll. Go with it. Thousands of years ago, Shinnok existed as an elder god. The elder gods are true rulers of all realms. They watch as worlds are created and destroyed and govern the realms with untold eons of wisdom. Shinnok, 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 he gave into greed and illusions of false power by the new realm of Earth. If he could have that realm to himself, he would have the power unmatched. He first would have to face the young god of thunder known as Raiden. Now, Raiden was appointed as Earth guardian by the elder gods themselves. Their battle for the realm of Earth was fierce, causing the planet's near destruction and plunging it into centuries of darkness. Raiden soon discovered that Shinnok entered the realm through the powers of mystical and it allowed Shinnok to enter the realm without challenge and keep the other elder gods from intervening. The amulet could only be created once, and Raiden stripped it from Shinnok's possession. With the aid of the true elder gods, he banished the fallen god into a place known as the Nether Realm. Raiden buried the amulet deep within the mountains of Asia. He then created a massive temple within the mountain to house the amulet and appointed four guardians and protectors of Shinnok's sacred amulet. Each guardian represents one of the four elements that make up the realm: wind, um, earth, water, and and fire. As long as the amulet remained on Earth, Shinnok would be trapped, forced to remain dormant for the rest of eternity. Over the millennia, the Nether Realm has had many rulers. Most of them are forged within its fiery pits, eventually ripping their masters mercilessly from their thrones. One, however, came not from the bowels of Nether Realm, but from the heavens of reality. He was the fallen elder god known as Shinnok. Upon entering the realm, Shinnok found himself immediately under attack by its then ruler okay, Lucifer. Okay, finish, finish me, please, Jesus, finish me. <laughs> Holy crap, dude! <laughs> I'm not even halfway done, baby. I, no, I'm. I I can only imagine what what amazed me about that is it had a flashback within a flashback in a manual. Like this is the game manual, and it's like, hey, I know that you are, let's say, twelve years old, and we're gonna go ahead and flash back to Chinook before Chinook, but Chinook also had an amulet that was given to him by Ray. Holy shit! Okay, we didn't so, even we didn't even meet Quan Chi. That was the next paragraph. You know, Didn't even, couldn't even oh, get yeah. to Quan Chi. Quan Chi is what, like Shao Tsung's stepdad? <laughs> sure. Like there, there's, look, every everything that involves Mortal Kombat has a sorcerer and a god, and the sorcerer is trying to free the god. That is what is happening here. Quan Chi is trying to release Chinook. No, 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 no. Quan Chi is a free-roaming sorcerer. That means that he can travel the various planes of reality without detection from their gods. It also means that over the years he has obtained great power. Aware of Chinook's dilemma, Quan Chi traveled to Netherrealm and then offered the god... Offered the god what, Brandon? <laughs> Unfinished? No, no. <laughs> yeah, you know. um, okay, so... Before we before we jump directly into it, I have to say there are are two points that I would like to mention. One, we have the amulet from Rovin's book, but it's a different amulet. Apparently, amulets are a big deal. I wasn't aware of this. We have the amulet from Rovin's book, and we also have the exposition style from Rovin's book. Because that's Christ, a lengthy you're not intro kidding, we just man. went through. We got part one. But right also, here. so back at Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which. Uh, if you haven't listened to episode three, go back and listen to it because it's it's a real good time. Um, but they only mention three elder gods. They never talk about the earthen elder god. They probably just didn't have the technology to put this big rock god on screen. Yeah, what an asshole. We're going to get that in a second. But fucking it's uh, in time. Already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also the fact that like. It's hard to say that you have an Earth God when there's also an Earth realm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a little tricky. Eh, not mm. great. But yes, so narrative structure, let's cover it. Um, oh, oh my God. I completely forgot. Gang, hold on real fast. 
So for each of these categories, we are going to give them each a 10 point, Mm -hmm. like out of 10 point rating. And then at the end, uh, we will add all those up. It'll be up to 100 points because five times 10 equals 50 times two people equals 100. That is Shang Tsung math right there, baby. That is a one Kung Lao soul plus, plus one. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of so, ones. You're going to hear a lot of ones. Lot, one plus one plus one. You're going to hear a lot of small, small numbers. Mm. But the narrative structure in this game, yes, is focused mostly around the guidebook and the holy shit live action cutscenes. Oh, these are so good. These are They're, so good. They are. Um, They're of porno quality. Like, I kept waiting to see little Quan Chi just, like, get taken <laughs> out. Because, like, this is, this is a porno without the sex. The costumes, the maybe, delivery. Maybe like, a, maybe, like, a community TV station. Like, like the high school TV that, that used to play in Homeroom or something like that. Like, it was that level of, of acting, costuming, design. It's bad. It's CG. gloriously bad. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's somewhere between. Glorious is a strong word. Huh? Glorious is a strong word to use there. I loved it. I, I mean, it's like if you're going to I'm actually a big fan of the FMV era. They're the shittiest games in existence. But like Night Trap and even just like um, even the original Resident Evil, those cutscenes, scenes like I just yeah. I love it. Just a uh, special time and place. FMV games have like a, a very special place in my in my heart just for the the work put. I mean, obviously work is put into every video game. Jesus, we we know this. But FMV games, especially it's noticeable when the work is not as enjoyed as it could be. And yeah, I don't know about this one, man. It, the thing is like spirit Halloween, not just in like costumes, but like if that could be a category of, of acting prowess, um, level of investment, the level of investment in this performance as the spirit Halloween cashier has in your purchase in your consumer experience. They're checked out. Most of the characters were their costumes, and that's it. (laughs) Their costumes and their makeup were their characters. But something interesting, this game narratively is canon. Right. It is absolutely canon in the Mortal Kombat universe. Quan Chi and Chinook are both in the games. Most of the other characters mentioned, like Fujin, uh, Melina. that That was, I think her name was Serena. It was Serena. Um, Serena Quan Chi and and Chinook, they are all in future games. Like these guys came into being in this game and continued moving forward. So there is a narrative weight to this game that it does not deserve. Yeah, I guess this was their next phase of Mortal Kombat rolling out with four. Right. We have a new big bad with Chinook and just like we're going to bolster that with this tie in game that sets up those events. Um, Yeah, this was supposed to be an entire series. Yeah, right. Mythology is plural. This yeah. is one of yeah. many to come. Uh, the next game was going to be the next game was going to be, I believe, Kano. Oh, really? Yes. And then they were going to do Scorpion, uh, Johnny Cage, et cetera, so on and so forth. The problem is this game got so many bad reviews critically and by players. They shut down the entire mythologies subsect of Mortal Kombat games. For good reason. Yeah. So uh, let's quickly talk about the narrative structure of this game and why it functions and if it does function. So what did you get from this game narratively? The story is is barely 
story which is fine for a game like this like just set it up and get me into the action usually right with like a, a platformer sure. you know side scroller like this it doesn't have to be much so i think i will be a little more forgiving on that front and like i said i enjoyed the live action cutscenes. um and that is ba- that's basically how you get 90 percent of the story there's not really story conveyed through much else it's basically just these interstitial cutscenes at the end of every level yeah everything else is so incredibly samesy yeah. um and you know, as we continue, uh, for those of you that haven't played the game, it is a side-scroller platformer beat 'em up, but it also involves a few very small RPG elements where you gain Sub Zero's powers as you go through the game. Yeah, very small. Yeah, very small amount. But that's that's how it 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 functions as a game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the narrative is entirely through those cutscenes. And on occasion, you'll see something in a level. Mm-hmm. But when I say on occasion, I think maybe twice in the I don't know how long it took you to play through this, but it was like maybe 16 hours for me. I stopped counting the hours because it was just it was too painful to to be reminded of how much of my life I'm not going to get back. Yeah, everything was sad. So, I mean, basically, it's I don't know. In, in two words, can we can we. uh we look at Ernest Hemingway's challenge, the six word story, and, and do it in two. Six word story. Quan Chi want release Chinook bad. Uh, I can do it in two, I think. Uh, amulet fuckery. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just a lot amulet of amulet fuckery is good. We're about to get our grubby little fingers on this thing. Oh, taken away, swiped away by someone else, whether it's Quan Chi. Yeah. Just, Man, uh, it was the weirdest MacGuffin bullshit. So the point was for Quan Chi to get the amulet to release Chinook, and he hires Sub-Zero to do it. But he also hires Scorpion to do it, which is the only reason we have the first level. Right. But you gotta, you gotta have the dynamic duo. Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. Right. Yeah. 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 Gotta have that. And they pull that ripcord real early. Uh, yeah. It's not and much of a first real level. real early, you mean, yeah, the first, the first <laughs> level, which is horrifically short uh well it, this will probably be in gameplay yeah in theory horrifically short but uh when you get smashed in by practice, comms, many times i did yeah yeah it actually takes a while um but so generally yes we're after the amulet we've got a quan chi is a sorcerer like we mentioned basically looks like um what are they called in hellraiser the cenobites yeah cenobites basically looks like a looks like a cenobite by way of like if it were reimagined as like a walk-on villain in Farscape or like another sci-fi channel original series. I've, I had a lot of Farscape vibes from yeah. Quan Chi, except for his voice modulator, which I thought was absolute <laughs> dog shit. Oh, not that um, same modulator they put on everybody, like the literal like frog in the throat, like hyper compressed. Like it's, it's they didn't put like, it on, they didn't put it on Serena. Her voice was on natural and it was bad too. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, Raiden definitely got, oh, Raiden, they turned it up to 11. Dude, Raiden was whiter than Christopher Lambert's Raiden was. <laughs> That's a real hard thing to do. I, I have but new found it, appreciation for, for Lambert's performance after after this Raiden. But so so the whole narrative structure of that was based entirely around these these live action videos, which were kind of fun to watch. But when mixed with the gameplay, just took more out of your soul somehow. Uh, yeah. Brando, what would you rate the narrative structure for this game? I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Um, you are being very, very polite. I went with a 3.5. Wow. 
Well, you know, we're, we're close. I, I have more of an affinity for live action, so that maybe that's that extra 0.5. To me, like I said, the narrative is sort of secondary in a game like this. It's all about the, the moment-to-moment action, the mechanics, in theory, sure. given a game that properly does that. We'll get to that. Um, so the setup was, it, it's fine. Um, it's enough to, to get me in the door. And I, I had fun watching the, the shit show that was the live-action cutscenes. If this were the N64 version, I think that drops down to a 2. Because the N64 version, by nature of it was being on a cartridge, it's still frames it was all and text. Still frames. Yeah. yeah. So you don't even get that. Yeah, that, that would have dropped it down to like a 1.5 for me or a 2. Yeah. Uh, the only, the reason I think maybe I am a 0.5 lower than you is the guy who plays Quan Chi is the guy who did all the rotoscopes for Kano. And he also does all of the voices for Kano in future games. Like, no just kidding. get a new guy. Get a different guy. He's also Shang Tsung at the end of this game. Is he really? That's Quan Chi. Is it, look, look at that gap in the front teeth. That's Quan Chi. Are you fucking... In fact, fucking I was looking incredible. through, I guess we're jumping ahead, the, the final um, scroll, the credits, I was reading through the credits, because I was noticing some familiar names, like, oh, we had people doing multiple things on this project, so... Uh, well, yeah, John Turk as Sub-Zero, he's also the Sub-Zero who is the rotoscoped Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they grab the dudes from the game to play the guys from the game. Also, John Turk is thick as hell and T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> Holy shit. Right? Uh, this, this week's, um, what I want to say, this week's fangirling is, is uh, I'm sorry, um, Johnny Cage, we're over you. We're on to the next big thick boy. We're on, we're, we're on John Turk's glutes. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, his acting's not great, but his ass is dead on. A lot of the, if you look through like the voice cast, it was uh, someone named Carlos Pacina who was both doing voices and you working say, on. Did you say Carlos Mencia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. No, you can't even do the ironic like uh, impression of him. Still, He's got nothing. No, didn't there's nothing left in the tank there. Yeah. <laughs> See you, bud. Um, in the road. So Carlos Pacina. It was all was doing both graphics and voices. Um, graphics alone, I feel like that's a full time job. So, okay, that explains that. Um, and also, there is no reason this should have been worked like an indie game, right? With the backing of Midway, this like one of the most popular yeah. franchises in gaming, and this is you got people just moonlighting of as all voice time. actors. Yeah, yeah. The, there's no reason they should have done that. Um, he showed up. In a couple places, Herman Sanchez was doing both voices and logos, logo design, I guess. Um, there's someone named Buppy Divizio, who's on the voice cast. An- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say, can you say that name again? <laughs> can I? I don't know. Let's see. Let me muster my, my faculties here. <laughs> you know, and I was, I was even ready to just keep rolling. Just, uh, I didn't even... Didn't even bat an eye. Your reactions is setting me off here. Uh, Buppy Divizio. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a let's take an ad break uh, as as Bo recovers. <laughs> so no, I'm fine. Need a moment. I'm fine. <laughs> All oh, right. Fuck. So we have Buppy Divizio. We also have Richard Divizio, Quan Chi, Shang Tsung, and also listed in the credits E F B E, which I was like, what is E F B E? Is that a character I missed? So I went to Reddit, and apparently this question has been asked by someone else. I, I, I guess we're not the only ones invested in this in this tale. Um, Reddit's best guess is EFBE is every fucking buddy else, which explains him playing all the other 
characters like Shang Tsung. Oh, I was going to say like every fucking bad evil guy. Uh, maybe that. Like, I, it, I was trying to figure out like, but every fucking like bad or body was in my head. You're a couple because steps ahead of me. That, I mean, he seems to be enjoying his work more than anyone else. So, you know, good on him. <laughs> he, he He's relishing the, the Shang Tsung like that. I dude, I am absolutely fucking mind blown that he is Shang Tsung. Absolutely destroyed. I mean, uh, what do I want to say? Like research, verify, but I'm I'm thinking that's the same guy. Can't can't really tell you for sure. Um, like he's relishing, he's relishing uh, the uh, what, what do you even want to call it? I mean, he's got like the kind of pie may fake beard. I was on. gonna say he looks like. He looks like an Asian stereotype in a 1950s Captain America comic book. Yes. I was getting like Fu Manchu vibes or something, right? Like, uh, yeah, but much more racist for some reason. Like it was a it was some weird choices. I think it's the male pattern baldness really doesn't help with that. You need the Pai Mei luscious head of locks there. Like you need the Pai Mei full on head of hair. To make that yeah, work. that 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 beautiful long Shang Tsung hair that he most <laughs> certainly deserves. <laughs> he was incongruously skull like. He was definitely that. So okay, uh, so let's yeah. let's move on to gameplay. Yes. So we've got a between the two of us, we have a seven point five for narrative. Okay, does not bode well. Um, no, it does not. Let's go into gameplay. Uh, I'm just realizing we have an oversight here. We should have better prepared for this show. I wasn't clear if we could give negative scores now that we're hitting gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about trying to do so, but I feel like we have, yeah, we're both pretty positive. We're both class half full guys. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's actually not every, so bad. everything. Yeah, but no, it's bad. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with saying my gameplay score was 1.5. Okay. I did a three. Really? But I'll let you. You j- yeah. Okay. So it took me four and a half hours to get past those stone pillars in the first level. Now, I don't know if this was because I was playing an emulator, but I was playing an emulator. Um, I changed the controls to where the controls were the same on the controller I was using to what it would have been on a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also using a, a an original PlayStation controller USB plugged into my computer. Nice. You, you I got gave one this of the PS more attention than it deserved. I get I got one of the PS minis back when they were available. Right so I have like the USB plugged in original PlayStation controller. And I was like, this is the best way to play this game. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Because there are buttons that should not exist to do things that you should just be able to do. Like to run, you have to figure out what buttons to hold. And then to press them and to hold them in conference with the other buttons you're pushing to even be able to run. And you cannot get past those pillars unless you know how to run. But also you can't get past them if you are running because you have to like quickly. You have to you have to kick them first. Yeah. So they shoot down and then you have to run past them as they start to rise. But then stop immediately. Take your foot right off the gas and break it because if you go right off slightly anywhere within the sort of. uh general area of that second column like anywhere close is going to knock you it's back instant killed and well if you get just even if you graze it slightly right because playing like mario and other platformers of the area right like oh let me just like brush up against the column wait for it to descend and then like zip through but if you do that on these columns 
if you're even close, they knock you back they knock into you the other back, column, and then you get smashed by the previous one. It's just it's it's, it's ruthless and unforgivable yeah. in a bad way. Now I will say I will give it this: you can freeze one of the Shaolin monks and push them into the column. You can do that, and then the column will fall, and that's kind of nice. Um, guys, we're just talking about the first level here with instant kill columns. You have unlocked none of Sub Zero's abilities. You only have basic controls, and you have no real base. It it was like playing a roguelite. Mm. Like it it felt like I was playing a roguelite. Yeah. Except the problem is you only have four lives, and then it's game over, and you don't go back to a checkpoint. You go back to the beginning of that level. Mortal Kombat Dead Cells, as in dead brain cells, because I feel like this game lobotomized me. Yeah, I think uh, just we should explain because a lot of people aren't familiar. From a high level, basically what this game is, we, we mentioned it's a side-scrolling sort of platformer of sorts. It's the attempt to combine a side-scrolling platformer with the Mortal Kombat fighting game mechanics, which I really like that sure. idea. There's something there. You basically have Sub-Zero's full suite of moves. You have a high punch, a low punch, a high kick, a low kick. You have um, a button that determines your um, orientation, changes your stance from left to right. That was so fucking annoying yeah, and no, so I, bad. Tell me about it. Um, because So you have like this full suite of moves, and that occupies a lot of controller space. Um, so they make a lot of sacrifices to accommodate that, and they, they pull from places that you shouldn't pull. Namely, Especially in a platformer. Yes. Uh, we are talking about a platformer without a jump button. Yeah. The way you jump is to hold up on the D-pad. Just imagine um, in, a, in a proper game how that would take a a certain level of precision and practice on the part of the player. And then imagine that like when this is developed by people that just don't give a fuck about refining that to any degree of fun. And I would like to point out on the original PlayStation controller, there is no up diagonal buttons. <laughs> That's right. There, there is no D stick. There is only a D pad. So there right. is no up and right. Mm -hmm. It is up and then right. Yeah. Or right and then up. So... Just just imagine how you are functioning in that way. It's it's bad. It's, and the yeah. fact that you can you have to change your orientation with a button instead of just turning around on the D-pad oh is the God. dumbest shit that has ever existed in a game that is supposed to be a fighting platformer I have ever seen. I died so many times because I could not turn around in time. Yeah. And sometimes there's an input delay. So like you'll hit it and then he won't turn. You'll hit it twice and then he'll just like kind of 360 and you'll be facing away from your opponent and just get your ass handed to you or knocked off the platform. And there, there is no, there is no forgiveness. No, I will say it's very funny when one of the bad guys hops off the platform because it, and they just fall to their death because there's no like ah, <laughs> arm waving or anything. No, they just jump off and fall. Yeah. The um, AI is so fucking <clears throat> stupid. Half the time you just like get right up in their grill. And they just stand there and look at you for six seconds. And then other times they're just like, where did you come from? We're suddenly on like extra nightmare difficulty. Like they're just. Yeah. Oh, so I did find everything. this out. The difficulties. Do you know what they changed with the difficulties? What? 5% of damage. Okay. And how often the enemies block. Got it. Because if an enemy can block everything, your, your ice blast, yeah. your slides, yeah. you oh, name it, me, I know. they can block it. And that is absolute, absolute dog crap. Like, just, I'm trying to play a, and, mm, uh, 
Okay, I'm going to get carried away about how angry I am about this game very, very quickly, and that is not where I want to go. Well, yeah, one, one thing I wanted to say about the mechanics. Sure. I was, when I started this game, like I said, I, I thought it was promising. You know, I'd read through the manual, like, oh, RPG mechanics and, and, and combining a fighting game with a platformer, there's a lot there. I still think, I still maintain that, which is my slightly higher score. There was an attempt at something here. And so changing the stance with that button at first, I thought, oh, maybe this is a way to get around that, right? To allow you to have this full selection of moves and to, like, fit that into this platformer box. Like, is that the only way? But then I, I actually went back and, and played some of the original Mortal Kombat's. It had been so long. It reminded me that, yeah, I really don't like those games. They're stiff. I'm sorry to the fans. I love the, the characters, the atmosphere. I love a lot about them. They were awesome at the time. Not fun to return to for me. And I love returning to like Street Fighter and other games of the era. Play a lot of retro games. But Mortal Kombat is just like not a great game in my opinion. At least those originals. And it feels stiff. This is even stiffer than that. But the thing is, in those games, there's no changing the stance. Like, you just automatically face your opponent. In those fighting games, like, there's no button to change your stance. So, like, it can work in that regard. I was wondering, like, is it because there's multiple enemies? But in most situations, you are only facing one enemy at a time anyway. So I have, I have a question about that. So you made it to the Earth level, right? Mm-hmm. Did you make it all the way through? I did, but um, I used a password a couple times because, like, I couldn't. Yeah, I used a password a lot. I did not beat a few bosses, but I, I have played every level and I have fought every boss. Yeah, same. In the earth level, going down that, there's a, there's like a chasm that you climb down a rope and there are spikes coming out of the wall. <sighs> yeah. No, I know it. You can't change, you can't change your direction with the D-pad, right? Mm -hmm. I had to change stance. Yeah. Um, on either side of the rope. Yeah. You have to change stance, not what direction you're in. Oh my God, dude, again, three hours in one fucking tunnel. Yeah. Just stuff that other platformers had figured out by this point, right? It's 1997. Definitely. Give me some fucking Rayman or fuck, give me Spyro the Dragon. Anything. This is the same year, 1997. This is the year Symphony of the Night came out. Castlevania. Like the pinnacle yeah. of. So just unforgivable to like yeah, not get the basics absolutely. right. And, and not to mention the fact that there were no real, like, we cannot consider this a Metroidvania. Like there were no items that could increase your power. There were rpg elements that would give you new move sets right there was no way you could acquire armor or a weapon despite no. the fact that scorpion got weapons whenever you fought him for the second time which i thought was <laughs> crap but uh, yeah the only thing doesn't they matter the only thing they really have are some of the winding pathways of a metroidvania just like sort of labyrinthine later on very labyrinthine level design but like no reward for exploration just yeah team that not the what the the fortress and the prison of souls oh my god just just there's no reason for it like there's no reason for any of it just pack it in just like cut to credits yeah i think i think that's why why my game my gameplay score is so low is just the fact that it seemed like they were trying to do two very very cool things with a very very cool franchise but instead they took those two cool things and made them into something that is so not cool like, none of this was a good time because they tried to do too much shit. Yeah, I agree. And that is unfortunate. Um, so when I, when I give a score, you know, I'm a teacher for those who don't know. Um, so out of 100, right? This is familiar to me. 60 and below is a failure. So already, like, if, if it's below a 6 in my book, I find that to be a very bad score. Like, you did not complete the assignment. When yeah. we get into, like, the 30s and 40s, like, oh, you didn't understand the assignment. 
But when we get to a zero, a zero is a blank page. And this is not a blank page as much as I fucking hate this game. Maybe it the worst not a blank page. It's not a blank page. It does function. Like it's it's bad design choices down the line, but there weren't a lot of like beyond that, like technical issues, like, okay, the design that you envision for this game is executed. Like it's a bad design, but like, you know, the punch is connected. I, you know, most of the time if I was aiming to land on something, like it was user error because of the the difficulty. But, like, I didn't, like, clip through floors. So you get a point there. You get a point for the ambition, the, the, the core idea there. There's something to explore. And then, I don't know, like, I think the third point is when I finished, I actually watched someone speedrun this game in about 40 minutes. And speedrunning will make anything look fun. But, like, watching someone that had, like, been through this game and practiced it, gotten it down to a science, like, you know what? If you were really masochistic and you wanted to spend the time it took to perfect, you know, memorize this level and the combos and all that, like it looks fucking cool. And I, I think that would have some fun for you. And I think like there's a very high skill bar to get over to enjoy this game that I don't think is worth trying to achieve. But if you were to achieve it, I think there might be some fun to be had there. So, a so theoretical I also extra point. watched. Yeah. I also watched a, uh, a run through of this game. And even with someone who has professionally played this game several times, they still died three times <laughs> and they still got lost. Yeah. The, the 40 like, minute speed run, like they were eating shit at a couple moments at some of these bosses. Like that's the, not... the, the, the three women you face, uh, Serena, whoever, and the other one, it, that it just absolutely fucking mind blowing. But that is to say the controls are bad. Yeah. The, oh my God. Okay. This is my last thing to say about gameplay, and then we can move on to visuals and sound. The wind level, jumping on to the little... Fuck that wind level. Like, it could have been cool. Like, using... They used updrafts and, like, little windmill things for you to jump on and to lift you up and, like, tornadoes to take you places. Yeah. Nothing really new, but it can still be fun. The new thing is is the interminable wait between wind gusts. Like usually, you come to the edge yeah. of a precipice, and like if the wind, if the the upward gust is on a timer, it's like oh, there's a five second window in between. You better time it right. But this is like I don't know. It's like half a minute. It feels like it's and and the endless. You have to jump on like a rotating platform, and if you miss it even by a millisecond, it is an instant death. Yeah, and if you're like higher than uh two sub zeros in the air. The fall damage is going to kill you. Yes. Coming out every time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That that wind level, I guess I'm not ready to move on yet. Fuck this level. Fuck this level. Oh, my God. Like maybe I am I regretting the three. I'm having (laughs) I'm having a moment here. Look, it's so sadistic. It's just so fucking cheap. Like the constant sort of um, leaps of faith you're required to do because of like you're constantly just jumping into the unknown. Because you're not able to see what's in front of you. You have collapsible platforms. You have one-on-one battles oh with enemies God. on collapsing platforms along the way in between these wind gusts. You have like a, a five-second window to get off of the platform, but there's an enemy on it. And you better be ready and you better have changed your stance and knock him off as quickly as possible and ready to move on to the next platform. And if you don't, you're dead. And then you're going to the checkpoint, which is probably not close. And then a couple more. And then you're going back, just all the way back, right? One of those. Can we also can we also mention the fact that um Oh my god. Oh my god, I completely forgot this. In the fire level, there is no way to avoid damage. 
you have to run through hot floors and lava and take damage. Mm. There is literally no way I looked it up. There is no way you can avoid taking that damage. The floor doesn't cool down for a second and then you can run across it. No, it stays lava hot and takes life away from you as you go. Mm. Bad design just down the line. And every the the wind, water, fire, earth levels, they say you have to find the three symbols to (sighs) represent those elements or whatever. They're the same goddamn symbol. They're the same symbol. All three symbols are the same symbol for every level. Change them just bad. Bad, 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 and bad, bad, bad design. And the obtaining of each symbol is the same. It's always, um, we've got multiple pathways, and you're going to go through this onslaught of bullshit that we're describing to you. And you're going to get to the end, and half the time is going to be a dead end because you need the key to, to get, get through past. the door. So you go back through the bullshit to the branching point and go up the elevator or the wind gust or whatever and try a different pathway in the hopes that you find it. And sometimes there's another additional pathway. You never know which way to go. You're constantly backtracking. And that... Like you mentioned, Metroid, Metroidvanias and like roguelikes and like with a game where the mechanics are enjoyable, that's fine because the moment to moment action is good. But this is such just you're just being run through the ringer constantly. It's so grueling. It was so important for them to make a fighting game that they also decrease the respawn times for villains. Mm. You can be you can kill someone and walk three steps away and they respawn off screen and then absolutely destroy you yeah. within within 30 seconds. It's like going back to the NES. Yeah, there's no time for you to like take an herb or to think about where you want to go next. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. No, respawn. You have to keep going. Move, 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 move. Yeah. And that's just not it's just not fun. I I think um I'm sorry. The more we're talking, it's it's not 3. I'm giving it 2. We're right here live. We're doing it folks. We're dropping that score. Game plays it too. I am still it. sticking with my my horrible 1.5. Yeah, I, I, um, I just can't. I can't with this shit. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being way too kind. We're not even talking about the bosses. Like the bosses, the fucking... So he's referred to the Wind God, but I guess he was called Fujin later on when he showed up in the proper games. Um, That fucking boss, did, I swear to God. The the tornado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so fucking difficult. He blocks all your shit. He swoops in from above. You can't get him when he's in the air. He does like a, a barrier twister. And then... Just if there is a miracle through just sheer will, you're able to to get past this boss, which I eventually did on the other side of the battle. Suddenly he like disappears and then like respawns on like the other end of the screen and like sets off this giant tornado. And if you're not out of the radius of that tornado and already running away from it before it begins, and even then it's difficult, he sucks you in and it's an instant kill and you have to do the whole battle over again. Fuck this game. Fuck this game. Not to mention the uh, the Chinook's or not Chinook Quan Chi's fortress. It's just mini bosses, and they all have flamethrowers, and they all are just the big rock guys, but with flamethrowers again. Yeah, we put a like, fucking red mech suit on the rock guy. Here he is. Yeah, there there was no there was no char- there was no clever character design except for those three the three female like I guess slaves of Quan Chi, which is a horrible thing. Yeah, that cutscene that that was peak porno vibes. Yeah. But like all three of those, all three of those characters had specific move sets that were pretty cool. Like one had a, a slashing boomerang, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one had a fucking Link's master sword from Legend of Zelda and shot lasers out of it and shit. Mm. Like it was those those three fights were pretty cool. Those were fine. There's one other fight I have to highlight though, which is just it encapsulates everything I hate about this game. It's the rock god, the big the big uh, or the earth god. I, I want to oh. say the big big rocky yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, the thing, Fantastic Four. Yeah, 
clobbering time. It's cl- I got fucking clobbered by that one. I, I was using save states. I was doing everything. I was using every little sneaky trick in the book to try and get through that. And it's just, you basically have the immovable object, but you are not the unstoppable force. Like, he, he approaches you from the other side of the screen. You have to, like, slide to get past him, but I had trouble pulling off the slide. It's, it's hard to pull off these combos, for me, anyway. So, well, I, I think I think maybe some of it is controller lag and the fact that I mean, obviously, we're probably using emulators, both of us. Yeah, like we're not playing on a on a original PlayStation or maybe the fact is that the controllers are just guard absolute garbage. Yeah, um, who knows? I don't I haven't had this like I've emulated before. This is my first rodeo. I've never had a situation like this. And I, I thought about should I track down the original hardware for this one? No. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Not worth it the effort the time that's not worth the time or the money but that that boss you really can't do anything with him except like zip past him get to the other end of the arena and drop down a platform that's intended to land on him and and do the damage from dropping the platform but you have to do it like three or four times i i I had like seven six or seven actually really yeah i was counting i was keeping track because like this is just going nowhere it's taking forever and you have to do it so many times there's such a weight in between you pull the lever and it drops the platform under the boss and he takes damage and usually like three maybe five we'll do it usually we're, we're doing with odd numbers here seven and you can't see where he is you when you get to that end of the screen you can't see whether he's under the platform or not because he's off screen so you just have to like listen and assume that he's approached you enough drop it in the hopes that he hits him so when i say seven that's generous because we dropped it yeah a fuck ton more than seven and just missed swinging a miss yeah. oh my god fuck this i game. would just like to I would like to point out uh, before we move on to visuals, the uh, Chinook battle is no fight. You don't actually fight him. You just take the amulet. He turns into this big fucking. Uh, I mean, honestly, it looked almost as bad as the animalities in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Hmm. And then you just run the fuck away. And that's the end of the game. Yeah, basically, like the last boss is really quanchy. You fight him, you take him down. Chinook appears yeah. and you, you. it's basically a matter of once you know what to do, which uh, it took me a while. Um, yeah. You freeze them, you, you just like hop over, you grab the amulet, and you get the fuck out of there through a portal. But anyway, um, so this is what I'm going into right now is a combination of both visuals and gameplay. So we can move into visuals. Uh, just to reinforce. Uh, Bad. Two, not a three. Forget I said okay, anything. So two for gameplay. And I think you have that's a 1.5. You, okay, so we are at a 3.5 <laughs> for gameplay okay. total. Um, so visuals. The visuals are just classic Mortal Kombat. Everything is rotoscoped. All of the backgrounds are static. Nothing really groundbreaking here. I will say this. You do not want goddamn Mortal Kombat graphics on a platformer because there are segments of the platform like level where more than half of your screen, you cannot see what your character is doing because they want to make it look as 3D as possible. So you're behind like a rock uh, arc arch or something like that yes. so you're just getting your ass beat by a shaolin monk and you can't see what they're doing or what you're doing the entire time because you're behind a wall of rock that is supposed to make it seem more immersive i guess yeah suck my ass get out of here i'm done no two out of ten yeah sometimes i kind of <laughs> like i mean it is a cool effect to have something in the foreground right to give that dimensionality but when that is done usually it's a game that is moving fast enough that like you're not lingering in one area for too long so it's like a millisecond like a crash right? bandicoot yeah like give me some crash bandicoot action but this like you're expected to to be doing battle in a certain area and like that's where they choose to put the fucking rock face in the foreground to just obscure the action like you're saying unforgivable 
Um, just a real bad move. Yeah. I will say, so for me, visuals, like, it doesn't look good. It, it feels like the rotoscoping and the sprites have not progressed since the original arcade era of this game. Like I said, this is 97. We're dealing with Symphony of the Night. We're dealing with fucking Final Fantasy VII coming out this year. And even, like, yeah. side-scrolling platformers, like Donkey Kong Country came out in 1994. We're, like, several years removed from that, and that looked so much better which is the lush, sort of vibrant, full 3D effect on these sprites. The only thing that got better in this game, rotoscope-wise, visual-wise, is John Turk's beautiful, beautiful legs and ass. <sighs> points for that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. All my points in visuals are going to come from the cutscenes. Um, the animation is lazy. It's usually like a, a two-frame, like, Sub-Zero is standing. Sub-Zero is, like, bow-legged in the air with, like, legs oh kicked out. Oh, my God. Every fatality was bad. Yeah. Like, this is a game that is famous, like a series, a franchise that is famous for their finishing moves, and there was nothing. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. Right. Like, this is after Mortal Kombat 2, where you had some, like, the animalities, you had the friendships, you had mm. some really cool finishing moves that were a really good time. You do not have any of those fun visuals here. Like, like you said with, with Fujin, the, the wind god, he just jumps into a fucking tornado thing that is basically just someone taking a pencil and rubbing it very lightly over a page and then all of a sudden his body just comes apart like there that that's it like yeah. that's all we get the last thing i say about visuals is we're in the 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 fortress of chinook there are supposed to be symbols to recognize what level you're on per floor like that mm. is how you know where you are mm. for the entire thing there's so few and far between they only show up next to the elevators. It just everything is so samey. It just seemed like a group of people were like, "Hey, we have to throw this shit together real, real fast," yeah. and they did. Apparently, they they got cut off by like six months in production of this game, mm. um, and it's noticeable. Yeah, but I'm just not. There's nothing I'm impressed by except for the live action cutscenes. So two out of ten. It's one of the lamest final areas in any game I've ever played. Like the final palace, the run up to. Quan Chi and Chinook. It's like all, like you said, just the exact same gleaming marble hallway with the exact yep. same very slow elevator in between the floors. And just that again and again, copy and paste, copy and paste. Occasionally you get like a swinging axe in the hallway. Yeah. That's about it. Um, I, I did like the wind level, the platforms in the sky, some of the scrolling like in and out, the sort of uh, camera moving in and out and like the way they had the sprites moving alongside these, uh, like on the wind level, as you're walking along, the um, the three-dimensional pathway comes like in and out of the foreground, oh, closer yeah. to the screen, closer to the viewpoint. Like that kind of rotation, that scaling was kind of nice. Um, it almost gave me a seizure. And I mean that sincerely. Really? I had to stop watch. I Like I, I had a seizure a couple years ago. For those of you who don't know, I had to like get ambulance, go to the mm -hmm. hospital, the whole thing. I couldn't drive for six months. It was fucking horrible. But watching this and listening to it, I was watching the, the, the speed run. I had to put, I had to take the headphones off, put them down, shut everything off and go and lay down for like 15, 20 minutes Jeez. because I was so incredibly lightheaded and confused by the music, the sounds and the sights that I was experiencing. Mm. Like, holy fuck, man, that wind level can suck my butt. It's bad. Um, visually though, like it's hard for me to just remember, like, okay, yes, the gameplay sucks again and again. I'm reminded of that. Visually. Like I was saying, 
the the sprites don't look good the rotoscoping hasn't progressed the mixing of aesthetics the two-dimensional sprites and the three-dimensional backgrounds it's fine it works okay it's passable when it hits which is rarely it is sort of reminiscent of the original games which like i said i don't enjoy those games but they are memorable and particularly for the the visual design those games those original mortal kombat games they were an event they felt dangerous it's like when you go to middle school for the first time and you see that first kid wearing the Marilyn Manson shirt and it scares you. Like, what is this? Yeah. I don't know what this is. I don't have any conception of this, but it feels dangerous. It feels like something I'm not like. Taboo. This is new. Yeah, yeah. They had that effect, the fatalities. And, and just like the level design, right? The, the haunting sort of vortexes and like nether realm, like forests and acid baths with spikes and, you know, and occasionally this pulls a bit from that. Like there, there's some nice, like in the background, like, the wind vortexes, the like the the water level, the sewers or whatever, where you have like that sort of like cool teal lighting and like the water rushing underneath. And I think there's some pretty good music in that. Um, I really actually did like when you go to Nether Realm and you're breaking out of the Prison of Souls, like you're in this sort of Blade Runner esque like orangey haze with like all the I could search talk lights. about the Prison of Souls for an entire episode. There's like all this like I very was so fucking confused. Well, yeah, I mean, but. It's confusing, but like, um, if I were able to look at the concept art, I feel like it would be cool, right? Like this very Fair. mechanized yeah, I would sort of love to see the concept yeah, art, otherworldly prison with searchlights and 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 mech enemies, and I don't know, mech enemies with big like fucking saw blades on their yeah, arms, it, but they had like there was a dinosaur, a dude riding a velociraptor was. at yeah. one point. This there were chances to be fucking cool. Yeah. So for me, like I said teacher viewpoint it fails but it doesn't totally fail there's there's something there i give it a four in visuals okay i'm actually thinking of like going back and thinking about the water level even though like the eels were garbage and the water thing was but the lighting was cool and the same with prison of souls i'm raising mine up to a three there we go so that is a seven throughout this conversation we're sort of realizing it's it's more about our like general takeaways than the, than the number right like sure yeah um going into sound yeah i don't know how do you feel um i like the music in the sewer level i guess there's nothing memorable there's nothing it was a lot of that's about it i i give it a five just like middle of the road i i I can't even really tell you i was trying to make notes on the sound like it it all works i went with a i went with a 3.5 so that's that's probably about right yeah it's just it's passable things you get sound effects where they need to be and it's reminiscent of the action that you're performing so okay nothing memorable all right there we are uh let's let's go into fun factor uh um save you some time big fat one no fun really huh can we all go right. i guess we could do a zero um right is that as no as we no i i'm surprised you went with just a one as opposed to what i went with a three. Oh, i had no fun <laughs> so I had fun with the live action videos. Oh, well, see, yes, I mentioned before that I kind of like pulled that. Yeah, that influenced my like narrative and and visual score a little bit. The fun there. But uh, I I added it into my fun factor because it was it was, I think, most of the only fun that I had. You know, even if I account for those like this game is so not fun, like it saps fun from your body. It saps your will to live to just try and get through any portion of it that cutscenes are not it's just not enough 
to make up for that. Maybe we're in the negatives and the cutscenes bring me up to one. We'll say that. Yeah. If I was not playing Baldur's Gate 3 at the same time that I was playing this game, I don't know if I would have tried to jump in and played another video game after playing this. I think I would have had to take a long break from video games after playing this. Like, it's like, it's the video game equivalent of getting food poisoning. Yeah. It, it feels like fucking diarrhea on the screen. It plays like diarrhea. Just a big yeah. fucking wet mess that you just don't even know. You can't even wipe it up. You can't get your hands around it's it. It's the first time. It's the first uh, the first time you get too drunk on something and end up getting sick. Mm. And then for like the next several years, you're like, I am. No, I, I cannot have tequila. It even thinking about it makes me ill. Yeah, that's how this was. Yeah. And during that tequila blackout, someone was like, oh, by the way, I need you to uh, program a video game and also like do half the voice acting for it. So go yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just nothing, nothing enjoyable except for those. Yeah, you're talking about Baldur's. Videos. You're talking about Baldur's Gate. Like, talk about insult to injury. Just this year is going to go down as like one of the all-time greats in, in video games. It's just yes. packed. Resident Evil 4 remake, New Zelda, Starfield, Armored Core. Armored Core is back. Oh my god! And I'm like ready. Like I'm. I've started my new game plus, but goddamn it, I had to do this shit. I had to do this shit instead Dude, of playing Armored Core. Fuck I am like game. 35, 40 hours into Baldur's Gate 3. Like, I have made my my School of Swords bard. He is beautiful. Like, I am just into Act 2. I And then this thing took like 25 hours of my life away from me. Yeah. And the only thing I enjoyed are the weird fucking porno mock-ups that don't even have any sort of nudity in the fun way like it takes all of the it just has all of the shit parts of porn well you know including Quan Chi's gapped teeth <laughs> we hate the game we didn't have any fun but let's try and have some fun you saying that it yeah, reminds please. you of porno I've got an idea I have a little something I like to call mortal combat I thought <laughs> this had such porno vibes which is the way it's shot, the acting, the, the costumes that look like they just, they're ready to just be pulled apart at the seams. Like they're just, they're Dude, hanging together Ser by a thread. Serena, Serena got some, like she has something in me. Like there was something there. Like little sorority Sindel, I, I was super, super attracted to. And I don't know why, but same thing. I mean, John Turk, the dude is fucking built. He can he can build my shed anytime he wants. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah, build my igloo, I guess. Got to be a nice shed, please. right? Please. Um. So I thought, just uh, let's see what what we got. What's your best Mortal Kombat porno? Should I start us off? You should start off because I only have like two good ones. All right. So these are our best. But I will I will do my best to keep up. These are our best Mortal Kombat porno movie titles. Get it. Fireballs, starring Lou Bang. Okay, I didn't realize we were going this far. Um, my first one is Mortal Kombat, Anal Hilatia. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Shadow Dick, starring Johnson Cage. This one is a lesbian film just called Scissoring Kick, starring Sonya Blade. No change to the name. No need. <laughs> Get over here into my nether realm. <laughs> so this one is a little 
This one's a little cerebral, but it needs to be done. Mortal Kombat, finish her, because she deserves it. <laughs> I, uh, we, we had the same idea there. My, I didn't have an actual title, but I just thought a general best practice for any of these movies is like, whenever we hit the money shot, we need the sound drop, finish him. Or finish her. Finish her, yeah, yeah. Um, um, also, going based on your, your Mortal Kombat, it's just Mortal Kombat. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it was right there. <laughs> yeah. Or, and this is, this is, I think, my last one, more tail combat. <laughs> okay. That's good. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. an- another anal film. Uh, yeah. What else? Let's see. I think I had a couple more here. Uh, Raw Dog, story of Kung Lao's missing hat. <laughs> Shouldn't his name be? Oh, shit. I lost it. Uh, Oh, fuck. That was good. uh, Let's see. I got two more here. Can I jacks off onto your boob, (laughs) Cybot? Oh. AKA the white load on us society. That's very, that last one was very good. Um, and finally, just a call back to a personal favorite of ours, uh, The Bone Throne, starring Bang Tsung and Sonya Laid. Sonya Laid! It was right there! <laughs> God damn uh, it! Just final note, in one of these movies, at some point when Scorpion appears on screen, I want to hear the words, Is that your dead dad's magical harpoon in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Also, um, anything involving Xiao Dong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could keep going here, but... Uh, yeah, we could play this game all night, but we, we really can't because for two reasons. One, we did not enjoy this game, obviously. Um, so for Fun Factor, you gave it a... One. You gave it a one. I gave it a, th- I gave it a three, which, yikes. So ladies and gentlemen, um, just so you keep home, we're going to continue this rating system through any video game we cover. Gameplay, narrative structure, visuals, sound, and Fun Factor... For Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, it is rated a 30.5. 17 from me, and 13.5 for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I was very unforgiving. That's a 13.5 out of 50, apparently. Yeah, so uh, I guess we have a a floor. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus, no All subsequent games will be judged against, and hopefully we don't hit this floor again, because my god... I think we both got very close to just giving this game a sub-zero. I got very close to just launching my controller out the window and just giving it all, packing it in, I'm out. My poor wife came in at one point while I was playing on the laptop, and she just goes, oh my god, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. She's like, you look so angry. <laughs> yes, I know. I, was I am that. so yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever been this shade of red. Um, yeah. But... Ladies and gentlemen, that is our Mortal Kombat coverage. Big wet fart. Don't get over here. Get far, far away from here. Fuck this game. But hey, you know what? But you know what? Don't play this game, but definitely read the novel by Jeff Rovin. Definitely see the 1995 movie. Maybe the 97 one, but I don't recommend it. But Brandon says it's pretty good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit of a twist, (laughs) but okay. Yeah. I think yeah, uh, based on what, like, this is the wrap up. This is our experience of Mortal Kombat. I don't know if I had just experienced these. I think I would have treated it as, hey, that was a really cool movie from when I was a kid and a bunch of bullshit tied in with it. And I probably would not enjoy the franchise 
to any degree as like like holistically you know yeah so here's here's my thing and maybe i'll get back to everybody come to come the new year when mortal kombat 1 comes out i am planning on playing it after knowing the lore watching the films doing all of the research that i've done and learning all about all this fucking trivia and surprisingly sub-zero mortal kombat mythology sub-zero is canon which blows my fucking mind um i am gonna check this game out uh I'm probably going to play Mortal Kombat 11, maybe Mortal Kombat 10. I want to play some of the old school, well, not old school. I want to play some of the, the way the game was intended to be ingested. Um, maybe I'll get to you guys come December, maybe come January, but I am definitely going to check out some of these games now that I understand how the the characters work. But if this would have been me at an, as a, like a, a young preteen, I would have just tried to find the novels. And just mm. watch the movies like there'd be no way I would have played games if this was the game that I was initially subjected to Sub-Zero ejected to. <laughs> Big Sub-Zero for me. Um, I think for me, it's the exact opposite. Um, like I was telling you before, I liked Mortal Kombat 11 quite a bit. And I was I was I am still interested in the reboot. But uh, after this experience, it sort of like sapped my interest in the, the franchise for the time being. Like, I feel like walking out of. I feel like I felt. Walking out of Rise of Skywalker was just like, uh, I think I'm done with Star Wars for a while. Like, fuck this shit. Like, this is, it was so bad that just you have actually killed my investment in this property for the time being. Like, it will come back at some point, but for now, and the amount of time I've devoted to it already, like, I'm going elsewhere with my time. You got, you had a real bad drunk and you got sick off of some Mortal Kombat. And now you can't drink it again for a good while until your body just says, hey, this isn't bad for me anymore. Um, I totally, I totally get it. I have the same problem with Kentucky Gentleman Whiskey. So with that, I think we're done with Mortal Kombat. We're moving on to spooky season. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, it's that spooky season. Uh, join us in October where we start to cover for the entire month, two of the largest horror movie franchises of all time. And I have never seen a single one of those films. I have. I'm still no expert, but uh, this will be an interesting conversation for sure. Who is it? Is it Michael Myers? Is it Chucky? Got to tune in next time to find out. Yeah, that's that's called a teaser. Um, so as as per usual, quick housekeeping stuff as we go. Uh, don't don't stop listening yet because we have to say thank you to our patrons, Susie Daggs and Jacob Spindell, newest patron. All the love, all the friendship yes and uh we shout them out because they are on our shout out patreon tier which is currently our only patreon tier (laughs) but uh, we love you both so much thank you it means the world to us and so do you Um, everyone who's listened and downloaded yeah all the response we've gotten thank you so much we appreciate Uh, it please email us at source not found pod at gmail.com find us on discord at source not found and uh patreon source not found podcast and brandon i know you're doing that twitch a little bit of that armored core six some some uh fires of rubicon action finished armored core six on stream we're doing uh another place where it's just full-on spooky season on my twitch doing horror games all the rest of this month and the next currently working on the original silent hill and then we're going to keep going oh, through the series that. after that yeah so come on by say hi uh lejunebug l-e-j-e-u-n-e-b-u-g 
Love yeah, to see, see that weird pyramid-headed looking freak. Oh, we're it's not there yet, time. but we're getting there real soon. Um, and to end our Mortal Kombat coverage, we're going to end this episode and our Mortal Kombat coverage with just some of our favorite sound effects. Fuck this game, fuck this game, fuck this game, fuck this game! Finish him. <laughs>